back. That's Chase Baxa. I'm Mason Me. Special guest Zach O'Connor. This is the Chase and Mace podcast. There's absolutely no bias whatsoever on this show. And boys, let's get straight into it. First of all, Zach, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to hear from thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back. Oh, and boy, do we have a crazy week this week, especially in terms of the Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico. So we obviously we had to bring in our La Liga correspondent. So Zach, what can you tell us about La Liga right now? It's crazy right now. We're a lot of big transfers, a lot of news about Barcelona, a um, lot of big signings, both in and out of big clubs. So it's exciting right now. Absolutely. Now let's start with your uh, least favorite team, and that is going to be Real Madrid. What have they done so far? <laughs> window? What have they done so far? How's it going to impact their squad? And what's uh, what's Gareth Bale looking like in L.A. right now? Well, Gareth Bale, I mean, he's doing you know, the uh, quality of league is much lower, unfortunately. But, you know, I really think that Gareth Bale is going to be happy there. There's a lot of nice golf courses in the area. So it's the best of both worlds for him right now. <laughs> and how do you say that about the MLS? You know, you know the MLS is the top tier quality. Oh, yeah. It's the best. The best money can buy right now, right? I mean, we had Zlatan. I mean, Steven Gerrard was there for a year. I mean, let's not forget about was there, man. There was Ashley Cole, David team. Beckham was there. Oh, yeah. Weinstagger, too. Yeah. Huge names, man. Absolutely huge yeah. names. No, it's definitely drawn a lot more um, attention from the big name players. And I think that that's great for the brand of MLS altogether. Um, but yeah, I mean, bringing it back towards Real Madrid. It's it's going to be a very similar team. There's a few new signings, um, like Chuameni we were talking about earlier, um, before beforehand. Um, I think that that's going to be a great signing as he becomes accustomed to the style of Real. And I think he's a great young talent. Um, not sure if he was worth the $100 million price tag, but we shall see. Now, you guys also brought in um, two really good players, at least in my eyes. One being uh, Antonio Rudiger from Chelsea for free, which is great signing. And you also brought back Claudio Rainier, who was on loan to Dortmund this past season. Uh, with Rudiger coming in, let's stick with him for a minute. Uh, is David Alaba going to switch to a different position, play left back, right back? Or are there going to be a three-man rotation between those two and Militao? I think Ancelotti is probably going to want to switch Militao out and put Rudiger in. That would be my best guess. I think Militao is a great defender, but is inconsistent um, as far as technical ability goes. We saw that many times through the Champions League. And um, strong defender for sure, but Rudiger is more of that role that, that Real were missing since Sergio Ramos left, the strong leader that they needed back there. And I think you know combining his style with Alaba's style um, and their personalities together, it's going to be a pretty dominant back force. I think it's very funny that you uh, describe Sergio Ramos and like Rudiger as these strong leader types because I feel like anybody but a Real fan looks at those two players and says, those are reckless defenders. They're flying into tackles, like getting reds all over the place. Uh, so I, I just think it's funny, like looking at it as a Liverpool fan, looking at Rudiger, like I hate the guy, like, Watching Liverpool play Chelsea the past year and Rudiger being a huge stopping force to us. I mean, talking about those games, they were amazing, like 2-2 and 0-0. Like, they were beautiful games. 
Uh, but Rudiger was a huge part of those. And each game I'm watching, going like, screw that guy. Like, he's flying in. He almost hurt a couple players. Like, hated him while we're playing against him. But it's pretty funny to hear you explain and just talk about uh, Sergio Ramos and, and Rudiger in the same light while everyone else is looking at him as almost like the villains or the bad guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, a lot like, you know, the – I mean, frankly, like, think of the U.S. military or something like that, you know. Like, they are the the bad guys in other countries, but they are the dominant force, and that's kind of how I feel. It's I'd rather have them on my side than anywhere else. Oh, definitely. And with that being said, would you rather have uh, Rudiger come in, or would you? do you wish you still had Sergio Ramos back there? I do still wish we had Sergio Ramos just because I was hoping he would be more of a, a lifetime player. Of course, money uh, money is king. So, FX. You're right there. Let's, let's talk about some big money moves. But this is, you know, obviously a few years ago. Eden Hazard. Carlo Ancelotti said that, you know, with Jovic going on free to Fiorentina, there's going to be a bet. They need a backup number nine, and he wants Hazard to be in. Uh, what, can you, what can you tell us about that situation? Yeah, I think the backup number nine situation is going to be a little tight right now. Benzema, if he gets hurt, there's really no one who can fill in that role very well. Um, again, we were discussing potentially Hazard filling in that role. Um, Rainier might be able to as well. He's definitely been up and coming with Dortmund. Um, but I also see um, guys like, like Militao, or not Militao, sorry, um, like Asensio and, uh, you know, probably probably Luis Mariano as well. Those guys might be able to step in in that role, but only time will tell. Now, Hazard is looking extremely fit for one of the first times he's been at Real Madrid. He has not looked good at all in the white uniform. Um, so are you looking forward to seeing him play this year, looking as fit as he does in the preseason? I am looking forward to it. I think he's really determined to uh, to have a good breakthrough season because he's been so unfortunate, you know, unfortunate with the uh, injuries that he's had. But See, I feel I, like I, just another one of those players that every single beginning of the season, we just say, man, we're looking forward to how, man, I can't wait to see what happens this season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's always plagued by injuries. He's always out. And even when he is in, he's just super inconsistent and, and not doing exactly what we think Eden Hazard can do. Like, my mind always goes back to Eden Hazard playing for Chelsea and dribbling through the entire West Ham defense and scoring a beautiful goal. And then, like, the next year he's at Real Madrid and he has played maybe, like, 15 games. Like, it, it just stinks to see. And I really do hope that both of you guys are right and that he has some breakout season is amazing but it again it's just it feels like one of those players that every season we say can't wait to see what he does and then he flops and then we say the next season can't can't wait to see what he does and then he gets injured again i just hope this year yeah i agree i'd love to see him get back into uh some sort of his prime shape but history is telling us it's unlikely so like you said hopefully hopefully uh, our optimism proves to be true love it all right now let's uh stay in madrid but let's go to that other red team that's going on uh in that city and let's talk about atletico and chase and uh chase you and i have already discussed this transfer possibility but uh cristiano ronaldo might be on his way back to madrid but in that striped red and white uniform of atletico 
Uh, Zach, do you have any thoughts on this uh, potential loan move? Uh, and if so, um, what are your honest thoughts and how this would impact other players such as Antoine Griezmann and his wage bill? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. I think Ronaldo definitely is intrigued by this opportunity because he's guaranteed Champions League soccer again if he goes. Um, on the other hand, Atletico needs to essentially offload Griezmann in this scenario because they won't be able to afford both players' wages due to the whole financial fair play situation. Um, so it's going to be a sticky situation for Atletico as a club. Um, but I think I think Ronaldo's intrigued because, unfortunately, Mason, <laughs> Man U is not where uh, is not where the Champions League soccer is. Ronaldo's never heard that Europa League chance, so he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, he's confused, so he's he's heading back to the the same city, but in a different uniform. So I think that's I a think really, it would be cool. Uh, yeah, I, it would be cool. I think it's a really rough uh, situation for Athletic. Well, just because um, you, you want to bring on a generational talent and literally the generational talent in Cristiano Ronaldo. But at the same time, you lost Griezmann to Barcelona for a little bit. Uh, he didn't do fantastic there. So he comes back to the club that made his name. And to have that loyal of a player back at your club, like just to offload him, to bring in another huge name, I don't know. Uh, it would feel terrible as Griezmann uh, if Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo did come to Atletico just because you know that you're the next one on the boat. Like you're the next one that they have to get rid of in order to afford this amazing generational player. Uh, but I don't know as, 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 as an Atletico fan, I, I don't think I would like that move. I think I would rather keep Griezmann and, and have that champions league soccer and have that, I guess, future with Griezmann instead of having maybe one or two good years with Ronaldo. You know, I couldn't agree more, but Zach, my, this question is specifically for you as a Real Madrid fan and just Real Madrid fans as a whole. Um, is it going to be hard to see him in that red and white? Oh, absolutely. It's been hard to see him in black and white. It's been hard to see him in red and white. And it's going to be hard to see him again in the in the red and white and blue. Um, it's tough to see him play anywhere else because Real had him at the peak of his career and he was in my opinion, the best player in the world. And uh, it's it's tough to see him go, but he's still doing so well. He's su- still producing um, such excellent plays and excellent goals. Um, I, yeah, Real Madrid fans wish he was still at Real Madrid and not considering uh, a huge rival in Atletico. That's very true. And there also have been murmurs. They're very little, but they are there. There. Of, um, of him going back to Real Madrid, is that going to be a smart move for Ronaldo and a smart move for Real Madrid or bad on both sides? What do you think? I think it would be a poor decision on both sides. I think Ronaldo is starting to starting to slip. Like I said, he's still producing, but Real Madrid is transforming. They're transitioning into this younger squad. And, you know, like we were talking about before, um, before we started the, the show here, Guys like like Rodrigo, guys like Vinicius, they are holding their own now. A couple of years ago, they weren't. They were still learning, and we needed guys like Ronaldo at that time. But, you know, nowadays, clearly, they're doing just fine. They're producing, they're scoring, they're assisting, they're winning the Champions League. 
couldn't agree with you more. They have a lot of great wingers, a lot of great center mids that are both young and even ready to play now. So it'll be very interesting to see them play in that Champions League again. But going back over to Atletico, um, Chase, you have talked about someone who recently just left Atletico, and who was that person? Where'd they go? Who's leaving Atletico? What are you talking about? Hector Herrera. Oh, my goodness gracious. Why are we bringing him up? <laughs> leaving Atletico Madrid and going to Houston Dynamo. Listen, we already we already talked about him having or, um, at the MLS just having this elite, elite status in club football. Yeah, I if that's what you call it, man. <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. Like, just seeing these huge players that still have so much to give for their club going to, I mean, Houston Dynamo. Name one player on the Houston Dynamo. I guarantee you that you could probably think for about 15 minutes and not come up with a single one. Uh, at least, like, Bale goes to a well-known MLS team. Like, LA, LAFC has been established for, I mean, not that long. It's been, like, four or five years. But they've been they've had quite good success. Like, Carlo, uh, Carlos Vela has been great. Um, and they, they went to the, the MLS Cup. I think they went to the finals once or twice. So that's a good team for Bale to go to. Houston Dynamo, I don't think, has even made the playoffs in the past couple of years. Like, that's just such a random team to throw a pin at and say, all right, that's where I'm going. Like, I don't know. Weird. Another weird move. I completely agree. And I think another weird move that actually kind of fits is the player that act, that they actually brought in to replace him. That's Axel Witzel, who they brought in for free from, I believe it was Dortmund, because they didn't, they didn't re-sign him. Uh, what are your guys' takes on that move? I think Axel Witzel is a pretty solid player. I think he's uh, under the radar and has been for his whole career. Um, but again, he's been solid for, for Belgium. He's been solid for his club. And, you know, maybe a, a change is what he needs to become a bit more of a star. Mason, going back a little bit, uh, I'm just seeing news that Xavi has asked Frankie de Jong to reduce his salary by half. And Frankie de Young has agreed to it. Has agreed? Yes. Oh. So it's not a, on a done deal, but he has said that he is open to the idea and would be okay with halving his salary, salary to stay at Barcelona. Well, his current wage right now is 164 k per week. So roughly like $8.5 million a year. So that'll be, that'll be very interesting if he does reduce it down to that, that eighty k a week. Uh, but, oof, I mean, now that you brought that up, I think it is a good time to get into the Barcelona wage situation. And boy, oh, boy, here we go. boy, does this bring me pain as an accountant? Oh, so in case none of you know this wage situation. So Barcelona have not been making money for the last two to three years, really, ever since the pandemic hit. Um, and the, some of that could be contributed to Messi leaving and you know leaving the team in the dark but at the same time i think it's just a combination of bad business practices because they always barcelona always try to buy you know the best players possible and in the end sometimes they don't work out a couple of examples uh, that could be mentioned are antoine griezmann and chase's boy felipe coutinho but um i think it's gone to new levels this year completely completely new levels so right now uh after this last season, the Barcelonas were the only team in Spain to report losses in terms of their wages, which, it, which was roughly 144 million euros. 
the only team in Spain. You know, the relegated teams, I'm not sure who it was this past year. I, I don't have it off the top of my head. But even they reported positive figures. So right now they're at a negative 144 million. Um, their debt, we, may, we make fun of Man United's debt all the time. I, was, I went on a rant last year. I was frankly very upset with the Glazers, still am, but that's beside the point. Their wage, their, their debt right now is double that of Man U's, which is, which is totaling to 1.35 billion euros with a B. A B. That's, oh my gosh. Ugh. I think it's just crazy that coming off of COVID, uh, most teams obviously reported a loss during COVID. But coming out of COVID, it was way easier, obviously, it was way easier to make money coming out of this COVID situation. So to still be losing money right after coming out of that COVID season, uh, honestly, it's impressive. I'm impressed that they're still losing money because every <laughs> other team in the entire world is making money because we just came out of absolutely no fans in the stadiums. Like, that's a huge revenue booster that nobody had, and now everybody has this season. So it, it was very hard to lose money this season, and uh, Barcelona apparently found a way. Yeah, not only that, um, their average home attendance last season was only 53,982 people per game, per home game in La Liga. That's in a 99,000-seated stadium. You're talking about a little more than half. And this wasn't just because of, like, you know, a Spanish pandemic rules or whatever. You sit sit six feet apart. They're going to close off certain sections. No, in uh, 2019-2020, before the pandemic, Barcelona averaged 58,000 fans. In their stands. That's with Messi. That's with Messi. That's the Messi effect. Oh my goodness. So now they're in this situation. They're terribly in debt. Where do they go from here? So as of right now, in terms of the Spanish wage bill, or so I've come to understand it. I don't know. I don't read a lot of Spanish. But they need to, um, they have this ratio that helps them figure out their net spend. So basically they need to get between a ratio of one to three and one to four of investment to sales. So that means for every four euros that they receive in sales money, so from selling players, um, getting players lower from wages, they can put one euro for transfers and and new wages. So they need to significantly reduce their wage bill. They need to sell players out the wazoo. And frankly, it's really concerning to me that they're spending 110 million plus add-ons for players like Frank Kessier, Andreas Christensen, Rafinha, Lewandowski, Pablo Torre. Like, they're not going to be able to register them for the La Liga season. Like, yeah, they played in friendlies, but once it comes down to it in terms of their wage bill, they're not going to have enough money. Right now, they have two deals in play that's going to help them boost their sales. One is the Spotify deal. That's They renamed their stadium the Spotify New Camp or the New Camp, whatever it was. They got 280 million euros from that for four years which is roughly 70 million a year. They also received 527 and a half million euros for 25% of their domestic TV rights, which is roughly, it's over 25 years. And that's about 21 million per year. Both of those together, about 90 million a year that they're receiving in cash right now for the next at least, you know, six, seven years, roughly. They're still spending 110 million. What? You, you just got all that money. Just keep it. Promote youth players. Look at what you did with Pedri. Great signing. Great player. Stick with the young guys. 
Um, with that being said, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, also, I want to hear your thoughts on the Lewandowski for 45, Rafinha for 60, and any other transfers that they brought in. Zach, I'll start with you first as our La Liga correspondent. Yeah, I think uh, they've made a lot of huge signings, and I think it's going to be very beneficial for them. Um, I think that they have a lot of depth, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. It's good for uh, rotating the squad as needed, but it's going to be bad for player morale because a lot of these superstar players like the Lewandowski's, the Alabama Yangs, uh, they're not going to get the 90 minutes that they expect. They're going to get somewhere between maybe an hour to 30 or 40 minutes. Um, they're not going to get the time that they want, so that could be a detriment to their squad overall. Um, but, I mean, they've made a lot of other great transfers outside of Lewandowski. They've got, like you said, Rafinha, uh, Christensen, Kessier. Um, I know that they're trying to make a push right now for Kunde as well. Um, they're kind of fighting Chelsea for that one. Um, so I, I think that there's a, a lot of benefits um, that they can they can look at from this transfer window. But where are they getting the money from? I don't understand. Like they don't have any to play with at this point. They call it extraordinary income, and you explained <laughs> it earlier. Extraordinary <laughs> income. It's their TV rights. It's their sponsorship. But they got extraordinary 90, income. They got ninety million, and they spent one hundred and ten of it. Extraordinary. <laughs> Chase, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Uh, I, I only keep thinking that I feel bad for Aubameyang because he leaves Arsenal because him and Arsenal, like, that was just a bad situation. It, it was it was a toxic relationship, as the kids say. Uh, and so he had to leave. And he goes to Barcelona, his dream club, and now Barcelona have to pretty much deload him. They, they have to sell him. They have to get rid of him. Uh, or he has to take a significant wage cut, which I hope he does. I hope he takes that wage cut and stays at Barcelona, but I just don't see that happening. I think that they're going to get rid of him, and I just feel bad for the man. Like, he, he leaves the club that pretty much made his name, other than Dortmund, but he goes to his dream club, and then a season later they have to get rid of him because they're terrible businessmen, basically. Uh, yeah, I just feel bad for him. I mean <laughs> – I don't know where else they're going to get the money. They have to really just sell a ton of players. Obviously, Pedri is not going anywhere. That dude is going to be staying at Barcelona for his entire life. Uh, but, yes, yeah, some of those those lesser players, Aubameyang, I think, are on the chopping block. And I don't know. I, Barcelona is either going to do really, really well this season with the players that they brought on, or they're going to shoot themselves in the foot because they brought on all those big-name players and then have to deload a ton of their pretty good role players that make their team what it is. I mean, we saw at the, the end of last season, Chavi did a great job of just building that team. Yes, there was some moments of really bad play, but my mind keeps going to, and I'm sorry for bringing this up, Zach, but uh, Real Madrid in their black jerseys and then just getting absolutely thwomped by Barcelona for nothing, and it should have been like nine. Uh, yeah, just looking back at that game, like it, that was the best Barcelona I've seen since like Messi and Yesta and Xavi was on the field. And so it's just crazy to me to, to think that they're going to have to deload so many players, get rid of so many of those players that made that team special last year. Um, and I agree with you, Mace. I think they should have just sort of focused on their youth program. Obviously Xavi is doing a great job with that youth program, bringing up those younger players and giving them 
great experience. Um, I don't know. I'm scared for Barcelona this season. Like I said, either it's going to be great because they're bringing on Lewandowski and Christensen and all these these big names, uh, or it could go absolutely terribly wrong. So now you already mentioned Aubameyang being on the, one of the first few people on the chopping block. Uh, who else on that team would be on the chopping block? Obviously, De Jong is going to be off the table now with him signing that new contract, even though it's in the works, Chase. But who else would go? Who would be the first ones to leave? I think Memphis, Memphis Depay is definitely also on the chopping block. Coming up in age, I mean, he's, he's not that old, but he, he's getting there. And I, I think he would be another one that could definitely go next. Uh, they're, they're just two big players that other clubs would definitely keep their eye on and would love to have on their team. Um, I know I would love to have Memphis Depay and Aubameyang on my team, so everyone else would. Uh, so I think those are two players that they could definitely squeeze out maybe a bigger contract than those players are actually worth um, and, and maybe actually make some money. I 100% agree with you, Chase. I think that definitely Depay is going to be next in line uh, to get cut. Um, also, we haven't really mentioned Ferran Torres at all yet. I think he was okay last season. I think it was a good signing, good transfer. Um, but he's just another forward that they have up there. They've got you know Torres, Depay, um, you know Kessier is new and he's going to be more defensive, I think. But Ansu Fati as well. Um, you know, there's just so many of these guys that they have such great young talent. Um, where do you put them all and how? I could definitely see Ferran Torres being on the chopping block next. I, I think that's that's a great call, Zach. I, I could see him going somewhere else. I could see him going to the Prem, honestly. I think he'd be a great, great English player. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, Ferran Torres, was, wasn't he already at Barcelona? Or not Barcelona, excuse me, uh, Manchester City. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he was great in the in the prem at that point. So I could see him just coming right back. Obviously, not to Manchester City, but uh, coming right back to the prem and, and being just as good as when he left. Well, yeah, but right now his buyout clause is one billion euros. I don't I, think, I, that's ridiculous. I don't think anybody's going to be willing to pay that. <laughs> that but, is, um, oh, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I was just saying that is a ridiculous clause. <laughs> I don't. Th- like, listen, Erling Holland's buyout clause was $60 million. That's a steal. Oh, my gosh. That, that was a steal. Ugh. Oh, jeez. But... On his debut, right? Is that what we were t- saying earlier? He scored on his debut against Bayern yesterday? He scored, yeah, he scored within the first 14 minutes of his Man City debut against Bayern and against their starting defense. With Delete back there. Yep. It's beautiful. I love seeing Delete back there. I mean, obviously, I don't love seeing him getting scored on, but... He scored the other day. He scored on his debut as well. Um, I just love. I love Frankie. I, not Frankie. I love Delete. I mean, he's a great player. He was great at Juventus. He's going to be great at Bayern. Bayern is going to be a force. I was Mason. We were talking before. Um, this was like earlier in the week. I, I think Bayern is my choice for Champions League winners this year. I mean, it, it's so early to talk. It is way too early to say anything. But just with the issues that they made, I think they could definitely win the Champions League. You, you know, it's very interesting you say that. Again, I, I've said this before, I believe, but it's going to be hard to to get Lewandowski's goals back. Like, granted, they did bring in Mane. He brings a ton to the table. But, you know, in the game that they started against Van City, they had Thomas Muller as their starting striker, which 
as much as I love Mueller, you love Mueller, everybody loves Mueller, he's no Lewandowski. So it's going to be interesting to see where the goals are going to come from. Very true. Um, yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be a slower scoring team than last year. I mean, last year and in years prior, Lewandowski just scoring three goals a game all the time. Uh, you can't, you're right, you can't replicate that. There's not one player out there that's going to go into uh, the Bundesliga and score goals like uh, like Lewandowski. Very true, but I'm just very happy they bolster their defense with Delete. Very true. I, I love that. I love that move. Zach, what are your thoughts on the Delete signing? I love it too. Uh, I think, you know, their back right now is incredible. I think Upa Meccano is going to pair incredibly well with him. Um, and it's just going to be unreal. That's going to be the new highlight defense of Europe. Uh, now, do you think they have a chance to win this Champions League, or is it going to be a repeat for uh, Hala Madrid? Uh, as much as I would love a repeat again, I, I think Bayern's one of the favorites. I think City also has a really good chance with their squad that they've put together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I also think this year we could see some surprises too. I think there's going to be um, some other clubs that we've considered lesser in the past that will probably break through this year. Um, I, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling an underdog this year, honestly. Yeah, and speaking of underdog, Chase, uh, the Champions League this year is going to be in uh, Istanbul. So we all know what happens in Istanbul, man. We all know what happens in Istanbul. I thought you were going to bring up. Uh, you say speaking of underdogs, I thought you were going to bring up our boy Lingardino. Oh, we should definitely <laughs> bring him up. Oh, I messaged you after that transfer happened, and I, you and I, were both so excited. Jesse Lingard, Lingardino. The boy, the man, the myth, the legend. He's going to Nottingham Forest for free, staying in the Premier League, staying in his home country to join up with Forest, wear the red, and hopefully make a name for himself outside of Man U and West Ham, which I love the move. Chase, your thoughts. Oh, my goodness. I can't say, I can't say enough good things about that. I absolutely adore that move. I mean, I love the smaller clubs. I love Brentford adding uh, Ben Mee. I mean, Mason, your cousin going to, you know, what do you think of that? That's beautiful. But then Jesse Lingard, a huge name going to Nottingham Forest. And we even talked about jerseys last week. Um, I love the Nottingham Forest home jerseys. They don't have a front sponsor. It's literally just a red shirt with the, I love that. And just to see Jesse Lingard go to one of those smaller clubs, hopefully he has a great season. I'm super excited. I mean, he had a beautiful season at West Ham, so I'm, I'm so excited to see him at Nottingham Forest. Zach, over to you. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be fun, fun to watch. Um, hopefully he uh, continues to excel as a player because he's, he's always been fun to watch and he's always been a fan favorite. Um, so going to a different club, a little bit smaller club, I think he's got more opportunity to make great plays, to score more goals, and to kind of be a star again. Absolutely. He had 14 goals and assists in 16 games when he was on loan at West Ham. Uh, did not have a great return to United, but, you know, it's hard to play when you play behind Bruno Fernandes and have that awful Champions League moment. But, no, love the move. I think Jesse's going to completely shine at, in that Forest team. Uh, they also have, you know, Dean Henderson, another Man United product on loan. So it's going to be a good season. And, yes, Chase, my cousin going to Brentford, absolutely loved that move. 
I mean, he's a, he's a solid defender. When we watched him at Burnley, we said, like, wow, he's the best center back in the bottom half of the Premier League. So I think him stepping up to Brentford, um, they can really bolster their defense. And they can, even though they did lose Erickson to United, uh, they could still vie for a top half place. Yeah, I mean, I just love to see that Brentford is making, and even Nottingham Forest, I just love that they're both making moves to stay in the Prem. Obviously, this is Nottingham Forest's first season in a while in the Prem, so it's it's not anything uh, anything crazy. But Brentford, uh, they made a name for themselves last two seasons. They have played very, very well. And to make some moves, get Ben Mee, like bolster a defense, I think that they are trying to stay in the Prem for, for good. And I love to see that. I absolutely love to see that because – Mason, how many times did we bring up Brentford last season and just say, God, I love the way they play? So, so many times. It was unbelievable. I mean, again, the loss of Erickson is huge because he did everything for them. But they still have Ivan Tony up top, and he'll still be lethal. Yeah. Ball his feet. What, uh, what do you think of the Christian Erickson move? We, I really don't like it. Mason is sort of indifferent about it. I, I think Mason likes it a little bit more than I do. But I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on um, what you think Christian Erickson is thinking going from a small club like Brentford and barely playing, like not playing a full game, barely even playing an hour, and then going to a huge club with a ton of midfielders like Manchester United. Uh, honestly, I think a little bit of money on yeah, that's just me being honest. He was at a small club, he was at a big club before at Tottenham, and then of course that terrible scare through the Euros, and he kind of was forced to go under the radar for a while. and you can't make money when you're not playing like that. Um, so hopefully he does get some good playing time. Hopefully he kind of returns to his prime level. Um, I just don't think he'll ever be the same exact player, but you know, always going to be a fan favorite, always going to be a name on the back of T-shirts in the stands. So, again, I, I think it's a little bit more for show than it is for play. Yeah, I would agree. I, I just wish that... Syria did not have some bogus rule about uh, the heart defibrillator. What is it? The the defibrillator on the field. Yeah, that's what it is. Like it's just it's so crazy that that Syria does not have that. Um, just stinks. yeah, it's scary. I would have liked to see him stay at Inter because I thought he had a great season at Inter, especially with Lukaku and Lukaku going back to Inter. I would have loved to see him team up with him again. But as uh, as the story lies, he's going to be at he's going to be a Red Devil, unfortunately. Yes, sir. And speaking of Red Devils, you know, it's going to be amazing to see Erickson on the back of those beautiful, beautiful jerseys. And Zach, I know you do need to leave soon, but I, I don't know if you got a chance to look at the jerseys for the Premier League, but I want to hear your like your top few in terms of jerseys. My top few jerseys. Um, well, honestly, I mean, you're going to love to hear this. I think uh, Manchester United has one of the best ones. Three for um, three. We yeah. are three for three. three. Man, you jersey. We all said the away Manchester United jersey was the best. It's jersey. beautiful. Oh, it's my. beautiful. I'm also a big fan of the new Arsenal jerseys, uh, kind of that '90s retro feel. Interesting. I had the uh, I had the Arsenal. I think third jersey. It was a light pink. Um, I had their third jersey pretty high. I really like those ones. Yeah, they're beautiful. But um, let's see the other ones. I think Chelsea. It's not a big change. Um, pretty solid you know that i don't know i think man city uh, the red collar's a little little different i think that's cool um but not a big fan of it um on the other hand city's red and black striped shirts 
beautiful. Oh, no, not nah, Zach. You did not just say they were beautiful. Mason loving them. The landed those things last week. Oh, I, I love them. And them. I, I like think they're the, so neat. Yeah, they're. I like the idea of throwing it back all the way to to like their beginnings, but I think the jerseys that they started with, I think they were vertical stripes, are so much better than the ones that they're coming out with the diagonal stripes. I just don't like the the slim fit diagonal stripe jerseys. Like I, I just don't think those ever look good. If they did the vertical stripes like they did way back when. I think I would have liked them a lot more. But since they're the diagonal stripe, I, I don't know. I can't stand them. It's a little funky. No doubt. Those in the Liverpool away jerseys are atrocious. I'll tell you which one I do think is atrocious on a, on a bad note. Um, Everton's keeper kit. The green with the wavy black stripes. Oh, my gosh. I saw those. Those are so atrocious. Oh what is that? Goodness. What is that? It's like a like an LSD zebra or something. <laughs> it's going to be weird seeing Jordan Pickford try to kick a ball at his head with him uh, wearing that shirt on. Yeah. And I'm going to love seeing Everton get relegated next season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the, the Frank Lampard slander. It's going to be awesome to hear. And then the Jakey B coming in and saying that he loves Frank Lampard. <laughs> Well, West Ham right now are irrelevant, so they didn't win anything last year. So we'll 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 save Jakey B for another week. I'm very <laughs> all right, Zach. Oh, I, the one question I do need to ask though about the jerseys is your most underrated jersey. Most underrated. Okay, I'm gonna take a bit of a risk here. Most underrated. I'm gonna go with uh, Southampton's away jersey. I love those. Those the ocean kind of style that with is, the that gold. Style. I think they're pretty, and I think those aren't going to get the uh, screen time that some other big teams are going to get. They're sweet. I think they were in my like top three. I think that jersey is, is if not tied with that Manchester away jersey, it's pretty close. Like I think it is so cool. It's not too much, but it's also, like like you said, just a really cool design. Yeah. No, I love it. I think it's really cool. It's got very artistic feel, but it's not like it's not stupid. Honestly, they didn't try too hard. Like the Liverpool away, they tried too hard <laughs> on those Liverpool away, man. Yeah, gross. Totally gross. But anyway, Zach, thank you so much for uh, coming on today, and we'll sure we'll be sure to get you on again. Thank you, boys. It's always a pleasure. Always. All right, Chase. Uh, let's head back to England. Since you know he's gone now, so I'm in. Something came up across my across my computer here, and it's very very interesting. It does involve Liverpool. Interesting. It's Juventus who are actually making a twenty million pound bid for Bobby Firmino. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think we all knew Bobby was going to be leaving here soon, uh, especially with that one hundred million <laughs> Darwin. Uh, move like it's just not smart uh we all knew bobby was going to leave here soon so so i'm completely fine with that even though bobby firmino was probably my favorite liverpool player for i would honestly say five years um i don't know i'm okay with it it was his time i think everyone knew it was his time so i'm cool with that and 20 million is a good price tag for bobby it is a good price tag, but I would, if I was Klopp, I would try to keep him to make sure that he can teach Darwin how to run the system, how to run the show at the center forward position. 
Uh, yeah, very true. But at the same time, I think it's going to be a very different system with, with Darwin up there because he's a very quick player. Bobby is not very quick anymore. <laughs> he used to be, uh, but he was never that full-on fast speed. Uh, so, yes, it would have helped. But at the same time, I think we're going to switch to a very fast and quick uh, t- style of attacking instead of – because Bob usually played that false nine. And whenever we played uh, with Luis Diaz and Mo Salah and Sadio Mane, we didn't really have a false nine. Like there, there was a nine, uh, but we didn't really have that guy that checked back super deep. Uh, Bobby was that guy that really loved to check back very, very deep. And Liverpool just doesn't really play like that anymore. So, yes, I would have loved to see him as like a mentor to some of those younger players. Uh, but, again, it was his time to go. So, I'm, I'm sort of okay with this one. Also, something just popped up on my feed as well. Uh, Fabregas is gone. He has uh, signed a deal with Como. So that is off of uh, off of Barcelona's hands. Wow, that's ex- wow. Yeah, until twenty twenty four. That is crazy. It's a two year contract. Jeez, that's a second division like that. That's Serie B right there. Who is this again? I'm sorry. I'm. Oh, I, it says Fabregas. Yeah. Isn't he at? He's at Monaco, isn't he? I don't know. I'm seeing here that he was at uh at Barca. So maybe he was loaned out to to Monaco. I think you got your uh, your. Maybe it's another Fabregas, but it says Fabregas is at Monaco. And then he he's now at Monaco B, and I think he just retired. I'm right here. Como have reached full verbal agreement with Cesc Fabregas. Italian second division side are now set to complete the deal on two-year contract. Fabregas expected to fly into Italy in August in order to undergo medical tests and sign until June 2024. Oh, well, I apologize. <laughs> Wild. I have, I'm, I'm trying to look up anything I can see, and I don't see anything on my end. So What's I that? apologize. Fabrizio Romano, he, he was just posting it. Gotcha. Okay, well. Cesc Fabregas, great player. Uh, can't run that much very mo- anymore, but, uh, I mean, great experienced player for a Serie B side. Yeah, for real. Uh, and speaking of Bobby Firmino, this also just popped up on my feed here. It says, Liverpool have no appetite for allowing Robert Firmino to leave during this summer transfer window. But, again, I really do think the entire fan base is sort of ready to let go of Bobby um, just because Mane has left. I mean, we already broke up the trio. Like, the trio was... Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino, Mo Salah. That was our center three for a couple of years, and it was amazing. But now that Sadio Mane is gone, I think everyone sort of realizes that, okay, it, it's time for Bobby to go. He, he's really not playing that often. He only plays in those, like, Carabao Cup games or, like, the FA Cup. Uh, and even then, he doesn't really play the entire game. So, I don't know. I'm okay with letting him go, and a $20 million price tag is – is great for Liverpool at this point. No, I completely agree. And who do you start right now, uh, Diogo Jota or Darwin Nunes at that striker position? Because I think you know Luis Diaz has set himself up for that left wing spot with Monaghan. Luis Diaz has solidified his starting spot. He was amazing last season, um, but maybe against the wishes and against my own wishes, I think I start Nunes uh, just because. Yeah, I know it hurts to say. 
but that's just because last game he had four goals. I mean, I watched those goals, and some of them, the goalkeeper should be fired because he okay. should not have let in most of them. There was a penalty as well, your favorite there, Yep, there was a penalty, unfortunately. But four goals is four goals, and that's pretty impressive. Um, so at the moment, I think I start him, and just because I'd like to see what he can do uh, with Mo Salah and Luis Diaz, I, I think I would start him. But you can't go wrong with starting Diogo Jota. You really can't. Like, there's not one person or one team in the world that would that would be angry at starting Diogo Jota. I mean, he's a great player. He's so skilled and can literally finish from anywhere. No, I completely agree. I think I would rather start Yota at this point just because I know what I'm getting with him instead of Darwin. I I don't. I did watch the goals with you, but again, I wasn't probably wasn't as impressed. I also don't like Liverpool. With <laughs> yeah, that all good for you. Whenever you don't like the team, man, those goals aren't as impressive. Exactly, because I could be like, eh, I can score that. Like, no worries. <laughs> I mean, there were a couple. I think it was his first goal that I was like, all right, a two-year-old could have scored that because the goalie just dove and it went right under him. And I was like, dude, come on. Dude. Dude. <laughs> all right, brother, man. Is there any other transfer rumors that you're hearing that you would like to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Not too many. I mean, I'm seeing that Arsenal is doing real well recently. Obviously, it's preseason, and we can't can't really say much right now. But Arsenal has been performing very, very well. Uh, so I think they're on the watch out. Oh, and you didn't even talk about – you should have talked about it with Zach, with Zinchenko. Oh, my gosh. We did completely forgot to talk about that. But, oh, my goodness, Arsenal, they're going to be great this year with Zinchenko back there with them. Yeah. I mean, I think that signing puts them on the map. I think that is the signing that is going to push them to a top four spot. I can't I think – go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying I can't wait for it. I, I'm excited. You know, I think he was massively, massively underrated when he was at Manchester City, primarily because he had to play behind Kyle Walker. He had to play behind Joao Cancelo. He had to play behind Fernandinho and Rodri if he played in the midfield. So I think coming to Arsenal um, – I think everything is wide open for him. I think he's going to win the starting left back or center defensive mid job. And I think he's just going to be an amazing player. He's so good on the ball. Yeah, he is very, very good. And when he played for Man City, I mean, when he actually got some minutes, he was amazing. Like, you would hear his name constantly. But like you said, it's so hard to start, especially over Cancelo. I mean, Cancelo had an amazing year. He's had an amazing past two years. So it's really hard to start over him really hard to start over the speed man Kyle Walker himself so like it I love the move I can't wait for it I'm not a huge Arsenal fan but I love the way they play and I cannot wait for this season it can start soon enough so excited we got we're two weeks away we're two weeks away from the start of the season we're so close man I could taste it at this point I'm so ready so pumped up for it I'm so so ready all right guys well be sure to be sure to tune in uh, next week. We're going to talk about uh, specifically Liverpool and Manchester United strictly because there is no bias here at all. So make sure you guys are stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll make sure we'll catch you guys next time.